leadership, potentially a shapeless concept. Government, perceived as overwhelmingly large, put the two together, government leadership, and you could distill it down to big and cold. Interested instead in a space where government leadership might be personal and warm? Maybe that would look like a one-on-one conversation with those we choose to speak for us in our own neighborhoods. We see them walking their dogs, shopping in our grocery stores, talking with neighbors in the coffee shop, cheering from the Little League sidelines, witnessing community tragedy, solving problems and generating opportunities. From Studio 67, I'm Ginger Delegall, and this is Pack and Chat, 670 seconds with Florida's local leaders. Welcome to the second season of Pack and Chat, brought to you by Studio 67. This season features a bundle of interviews with the past presidents of the Florida Association of Counties who are still in county office. They're a seasoned bunch of local and state leaders with a unique perspective on county officials and on Florida in general. We're excited to bring these conversations to you. Today in the studio, we have Commissioner Barbara Sharif from Broward County. Broward is a large urban county on the southeast Atlantic coast of the state. Commissioner Sharif is a multi-term county commissioner, a past president of this association in leadership at the national level. She serves on many regional councils and boards. She is the mother to three smart and beautiful young women, and she owns her own home nursing business, employing hundreds of people. And in her spare time, she just ran for Congress. Welcome, Commissioner Sharif, to the studio. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you. Can you kick us off this morning with our conversation by just telling everyone a little bit about Broward County from your perspective? Broward County, to me, it's uh, one of those counties that, yes, we are large, but I think that we are uh, really a great place to live because of the, the type of community um, and the type of support that you get from our community here. Um, as you know, I'm a doctor of nursing practice. I'm 28 years in the healthcare profession. And the reason why I made Broward my home, not just for living purposes, but also to build a business, is because we're so inclusive and friendly here. I think that um, getting a job here um, has proven to be uh, less challenging than everywhere else. And I think that because the taxing is low here in the state of Florida and we're so community driven and focused on quality of life improvements here, even though we're a large urban county, um, people can establish and make a good living here and do the thing that they want, which is achieve the American dream of home, home ownership and um, that's why I think that our county is great. Well, and speaking of the American dream, I have often described Florida as the real land of opportunity within this nation. But how did you get to Florida? What is what is your Florida story? So my great great grandparents came to Florida in 1908 at Slate. They were uh, settled in a part of Florida called Mariana. And they were on a plantation and farm up there. And um, my father's family is from Montgomery, Alabama. And he came down here at the age of 17 and met my mother at their church and um, ended up getting married uh, and having eight kids. And uh, so I I am the middle of those eight kids. I'm the fourth girl before all the boys. And um, that's I, I grew up in South Florida. 
And I love the weather. I love my family. Everybody's here. And so I, I think I'll be here forever. I'll never leave. Um, <laughs> I've been around the world many places, but I think that, um, you know, Florida is it for me. That's awesome. I know um, the older my children get, um, and we are now sort of empty nesters, two still in college, one completely on her own at this point. Um, I know what a blessing it is to have your family close by for sure. So we're, we're doing everything we can to try to create economic opportunities near and around our house here in Leon County to get our kids to come back here um, so that they can be near us. So I know what a blessing that is. That's awesome. So Commissioner Sharif, you do all sorts of things. You're a mom to three young women. You do have a home health care business that you have built from the ground up. You're incredibly involved in the community. But given all of that, what made you decide to run for county commission in the first place? You had a lot on your plate. So I guess I have to go back a little bit, which is to my childhood. My father um, was an entrepreneur. He owned a women's clothing business. And my mom was an elementary school English teacher. And they together in our church created a food bank to feed um, people who were less fortunate. So I grew up all my life uh, giving back to the community and my father and my mom really believe very strongly that um, we should always try to help those who are less fortunate if we have more. And as I got older and I opened up my company, um, I wanted to help my community. And a few of my neighbors got together and, and based on my be advocating for our um, homeowners association community and at the school they said hey you know what you're a great advocate for our uh, neighborhood why don't you think about running for a public office and at that time i said how why would i do that you know i'm a i'm a nurse i have a very successful home health business you know i i, I, I for all intents purposes i had no idea whether or not uh, my skill set for business and nursing would be utilized in um, public office. And so I ran for office. And uh, after I ran for office, I realized how many ways that I could help people. It wasn't just about one way. Um, I thought, you know, I could advocate for those people who didn't know where to go um, to get help, um, whether it be homelessness, affordable housing, health insurance issues. Um, and then I was nominated uh, as, as I started to the Metropolitan Planning Organization for Transportation, and I was so involved in that. Um, I still sit on that board right now, 13 years. And what I noticed in, in, was that I had a real purpose and um, a, a, a real focus um, in terms of helping people, and I knew that this was where I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing. And um, it just didn't seem like work to me. It was, it, it was, pa I was passionate about it. It was fun. And now when I drive down the street and I can see the results of my efforts, I, I realized that um, it was a great decision for me to do this. 
And so why, given all of that, and certainly service among local leaders is a theme that we hear time and time again from your peers around the state in terms of really what motivated them to run for county commission in the first place. But as someone who has never run for office and has no intention of ever running for office, <laughs> these, these jobs that you all hold they're really hard and difficult. And yes, it put you in a position to be able to serve and help. And I mean, we've all seen that, particularly in the last 18 to 24 months with COVID. Um, I mean, these meetings can get very raucous and frankly, very dangerous. We have county commissioners around the state that have received multiple death threats, not just behind the scenes, but even during these public meetings. Um, that's a lot to withstand. So given given all of that and the challenges of the office, you've also sought re-election. So was there something that you felt like wasn't finished yet that you wanted to continue? Or wh what was the motivation then also given the challenge of, these, of this position to run again? So... I served four years, and during my four years, my I, I served as vice mayor and then mayor of the county. Um, that was the end of my fourth year on my first term. And as I ended that year, I was up for re-election, and um, my colleagues chose me. I'm the first African-American female mayor of Broward County in its 100-year history. And I thought, okay, I broke that glass ceiling, and I'm moving on. And my colleagues said, you did a great job. Let's We're going to choose you again. So I was, uh, I served again as vice mayor and mayor into my second term, the first two years of my second term. And what happened uh, in serving in those um, two years was just astounding. Uh, I, I handled, I dealt with one of the most devastating hurricanes in Broward County's history, Hurricane Irma. Um, I was in the emergency operations center making decisions about curfews and movement of fuel and, and supplies from our port. And it was a, it was like, um, it was intense. It was daily. It was just uh, 14 days worth of this very uh, intense um, uh, working and trying to fix our county and trying to get it back operational. And then uh, shortly after that, um, dealt with the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood Airport shooting. And at that moment in that time, it was like all these experiences were coming at me like fast and furious. And I remember when the airport shooting occurred, it was something that um, it was very personal to me because um, at the age of 14, I lost my father due to gun violence, my dad went to work in the morning on a Saturday and a 15 year old who had some mental uh, health conditions and some domestic violence issues and had a previous history of, um, of violence was able to get a gun and he put it to my father's chest, shot him in front of my 19 year old sister and proceeded to try to shoot her too. And I had kind of put that away, you know, it's kind of those things that you pack away and they're in the back of your mind and you just don't think about them again. And these, and these five people, these five people who lost their lives at our airport, I kept thinking about their families and how devastated my family was. We lost everything. 
I, it changed my trajectory of my life. I didn't go to medical school. I ended up going to nursing school. I ended up having to work three jobs to put myself to nursing school. And in that moment, I took up the fight to try to change the TSA gun laws. And I was working with President Obama's White House um, staff and um, trying to make it where people couldn't travel with a gun and ammunition into the airport and pick them up in baggage plane. And all at once, it just seemed like here uh, my purpose was confirmed again. And as the year went by, uh, you know, I dealt with a small plane crash, a tanker, an oil tanker spill, which in fact affected our uh, coastline and the environment and uh, just a, a whole host of other things. Um, you know, starting the ground, uh, laying the foundation for the transportation surtax, being the lead on that. And as I went into the end of, of my uh, term as mayor for the second time, I, we had just changed gavels and we'd gone on break and we came back in in January and um, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting occurred. And again, here, I was faced with this gun violence again and, and this history. And it just kind of came full circle for me that I can advocate for people because I've been through this. I've been through every situation that a mayor could possibly have to be through um, and, and get challenged with in a, in a large urban environment like ours. And, uh, and I stood that test and I, and I did what I had to do. And I think I did a, a very good job at that. And I felt confident in the fact that I could continue to lead this county. And so as going into my third term um, as a county commissioner and getting reelected unopposed, I felt very confident in my leadership abilities, but I also felt confident that I was growing enough to move forward and do something else. And that's really what led me into um, running for Congress. Those are very powerful stories and clearly have shaped your perspective and your strength in helping others. So what does sustain you, Commissioner Sharif? Meaning, you know, you have a home health care business where you employ hundreds of people. Um, and so that is very much in the caregiving space. And obviously those employees rely upon you for their livelihood. Your family looks to you as the leader of the family. Obviously, the county commission looks to you as a seasoned leader um, for governing Broward County. And you have just run for Congress. That's a that's a lot of giving. Um, that's a lot of giving of yourself and your talents and your skills. So what sustains you? What keeps you going with all of those things and literally life and death responsibilities on your plate? What holds you up? I would say the thing that holds me up the most are my kids. I have three girls. And they look up to me and they expect nothing less than 250% out of me because that's what I expect out of them. And uh, when I'm going through it um, and I'm going through, you know, a process of running for office or a process of making difficult decisions, I want my children to, to look at me and say, that's, that's my mom and I'm proud of her. And that's my mom and she's changed her our community for the better. And um, all of my decisions, and when it gets difficult, it comes down to 
but what legacy do you want to leave for the kids? What legacy do you want to leave for the community? And how do you want people to view you? And so I've spent an enormous amount of time building up um, my uh, political and professional integrity, um, building up uh, up the, the, the way people see me as, as far as my capabilities. Because I think a lot of times as women in a male-dominated profession, people tend to doubt our capabilities. Now, I've always been one of those people that said, listen, I can stand equal to anybody or more. You just have to give me an opportunity. And so it's all about um, making sure that you don't squander your opportunities, making sure that you make the most of every single one of those things. And that means working 250%, giving it your all, and knowing that you leave nothing on the field when you're finished. There are no regrets. There are no look backs and saying, well, I should have, would have, could have. And um, I live my life that way, and that keeps me focused. It keeps me positive and professional. And, um, you know, even through this last race, this congressional race, with all the negativity, I've, I've run every campaign I've run, I've ran a clean campaign. And I believe that I have to run that because of my kids. My kids are watching me. Um, my reputation is stellar for me and, and, and impeccable, and I have to keep it that way. And I... You know, when people say lies and they, they release things um, like campaign commercials and materials that really um, uh, create false um, false views of, of you, it gets very difficult. And I, what I, I prided myself in was just being positive and staying focused and on track. And I did that. And um, I'm very happy about the campaign that I've run. And um, I don't know what's next, but I think, you know, God will guide me. Well, and I would sort of summarize two of the things that you've just identified as providing sustenance for you as you go from one responsibility to the other um, that would resonate with your peers around the state. And the first is children. Um, I think that many of your fellow county commissioners around the state, that family and children um, is is a huge buoyant object, if you will, in their life and keeps them going in the hard times of of doing things for them. And then the other thing you mentioned is something that I generally call eulogy values. And that is, you know, sort of the idea of living your life in the way that you want people who are eulogizing you at your funeral to talk about you. So those values that um, sort of override everything. Um, and I think that's that's also really what you have described as two things that sustain you and, and keep you going. Well, and just as we wrap up here, Commissioner Sharif, going way back in time, for you, but when you were first in elected office, are there any things that you wish someone had said to you or told you um, or pieces of advice now that you've held multiple offices and multiple times over those first two years in that first elected position? Are there things you wish someone had said to you that you would like to share? Yes. Um, I think that the one thing that I came into this and, and, and most people get bombarded when they first get into office is that people say, you can't do it that way because it wasn't done that way before. And because you are of a different opinion, um, you're, you sometimes become afraid to stand alone. And I would tell my younger self when I entered into politics, it is okay to stand alone if you are 
in your position and you understand that it's right and it, and it feels right to you. You don't have to be a follower, be a leader, and um, be passionate about what it is that you believe in. And um, you can change things. And I, I learned that early on. I, I was like going with the flow when I first got in. And then all of a sudden, I kind of found my voice. And it was during the red light camera issues. And I stood alone initially to fight the red light camera system because I felt like it was a regressive tax. I felt like only the poorest people and the most income challenged people in our community were paying them and people that were middle class were taking them and getting them dismissed in a ticket clinic or a law firm. And I remember fighting with the sheriff's association, the, our, our police officers, our PBA, everybody about how this was not just a safety issue. It was, it was a money-making issue. And uh, at the end of that, that argument, and it took me some time to get through that, but it took about eight months. And at the end of eight months, our county commission voted unanimously to stop ATS from patching into our red light camera system. And I just remembered at that point when it was just that one win that changed my, my, my thought process on standing alone and having the courage to, to have that voice that was singular to the crowd. And I just wanted to tell any elected official going in, have the courage to stand alone, stand on your convictions, and if it's something that you believe in very strongly, try to convince others. And if you're not successful, don't feel like a failure because you know that at the end of the day, you have to lay your head on your pillow and be at, at, at peace with that. And I am. I think that is incredibly powerful advice because at the end of the day, leaders do stand alone. And so, yes, to be able to teach your younger self that it, it's not only okay, but you might very well be doing the right thing even when you're standing <laughs> alone. Because ultimately, you know, if you were to take this politically in this country all the way to the top, the President of the United States stands alone. And while right. that won't ever be me, I imagine it is a very lonely place to be. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much, Commissioner Sharif, for this conversation. That's a wrap for us from Studio 67. We look forward to another Pack and Chat episode next week. We will talk with you soon.